Hey everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and on this show, Lance and I are talking about the Pago Club, a gin drink from the British colonies. We also spend some time talking about the weather and other types of alcoholic drinks that we don't tend to drink so often. Enjoy! Should we start? <laughs> Let's Sorry. start. Sorry. Cheers. Hi! Look at the pretty Ooh. color. I know. Mine looked a lot pinker in the kitchen than it does in here. It's sort of a peach. Well, peach is pink, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tasty. Okay, I have to admit, I this is not technically a Pegu Club. Oh, what'd you do? Well, first of all, we should I... say that the nominal <laughs> topic today is the Pegu Club. Hey, Pegu Club, Pe- Pegu, Pegu. Uh, well, I ran into an, an odd. T- uh, today is my uh, chore day. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so. I uh, got a late uh, start on things, not on my chores. I tried to get them all done, but obviously not not quite. Sure. But I went to the store in the afternoon, and they had no lines. And I forgot that, oh, it's it's Halloween weekend, and everybody here had a party last night. And they're out of line. They don't have a lot of lines. It's a small, it's like a bodega, you know, it's a sure. small yeah. store. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not Safeway. Gotcha. Um, and uh, but what I do or yeah do have is El Guapo, uh, lime Ricky bitters. Huh. So you did that plus Angostura and what you did like and orange bitters. Okay. I guess it, well I mean it says bitters on the bottle but I think it's just a lime cordial. Frankly. Oh, okay. So it's, it's yeah, it's... Just, it's mostly lime, and it's it's organic. So it's a dry cordial, probably. It's a... Yeah, so it works. I mean, uh, but I uh, technically there's no lime in it. Well, there is. Yeah. But not, it's not fresh and delicious lime. But it's yeah. still... It's an excellent drink, I have to say. And uh, what, what are your other ingredients? And, mm. and your ratios, because the ratios on the internet are all over the place. Uh, well, I found one that was gin heavy, so I went with that. So, um, and I think this was at either liquor dot com or it wasn't imbibe. I know that, but anyway, yeah, it is two ounces of gin. Uh, was it was it the Wondrich recipe in GQ, perhaps, or Esquire? Probably he wrote for Esquire forever. Perhaps yeah. uh, it was on my phone, and my phone is magic. Two ounces of gin, and I chose a new gin, a local gin from Sonoma. Um, and of course, now the name is completely—I'll find it. And three quarters of an ounce of dry curacao, uh-huh. half an ounce of lime in my case, lime cordial. Yeah, and then uh, a, a shake each of Angostura and orange bitters, and I used uh, uh, Rogan's. Reagan's. Reagan's. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan doesn't make cocktails. I might be a little high, Jake. <laughs> I might well, be. In that case, the uh, mm. the Freudian slip is adequate. It's going to be a great recording. I can tell. <laughs> it's going to be fun for all of us. Get get a little high with me. Start now. Start, you know, pause it, just pause it, and get in a get in a little. I'm actually on the I'm on the other side of the hill. Like uh-huh. I explained it so that I I didn't I really didn't want to be you know high. <laughs> this, but whatever. It, it'll be fine. Um, and your combo is so I followed. Um, so your recipe isn't the Wondrich one. I can tell you that much. But I followed that recipe, which also matches. Um, <clears throat> Paul Clark's recipe in his Cocktail Chronicles book, mm-hmm. uh, which is two ounces gin. So again, gin had a V, and then three quarter ounce of fresh lime juice and three quarter ounce of I uh, have the Pierre Ferrand dry curacao, and then two nice long dashes of Angostura, which is where the pretty color comes from. And a dash of cocktail punk smoked orange bitters, which are among my favorites. Whoa, that's special. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm trying to look up the name of the people who made my delicious gin, and of course I can't. Oh, and I I use beef eater gin because I wanted to start with the baseline, but I want I have some crazy ass gins that I want to try next. Oh, and, and well, the the reason I chose this gin myself was it's very smooth. It's mm-hmm. it it's I mean it's got all the botanicals and it's got a nice uh, mix in the mouth, but it doesn't it doesn't have. Um, a heavy liquor taste, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Doesn't have that uh, isopropyl rubbing alcohol flavor. It doesn't. <laughs> it's 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 ver- it's really nice in a martini. I'm finding it nice in this pegu as well. Although, I think a pegu because there's more fighting against it, it probably does need a bit of a bite to it. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of wishing I had a stronger gin in mind, but it's it's good to know what the baseline is. I think. Yeah, they don't. The recipe that I had didn't recommend a specific gin other mm-hmm. than dry London gin. Right. Because it's a British cocktail from their colonial days. And, oh, well, in this case, uh, the Pegu, the original Pegu Club was invented in the 20s in British colonial Rangoon, Burma, which nowadays <laughs> is Yangon, Myanmar. Mm hmm. So did you practice that before we went on the air? No, I'm just reading it live. Oh. So Well, it was impre- that was impressive. Um This isn't one of my usual drinks. Have you is is this something you've run across? I'm familiar, but it's not I mean, if I see it on a menu, I generally don't order it because I can't ever remember what it tastes like. And um having it now, it's a nice enough drink, but it I, I don't know that it would even make my top 10, right. really. And I wonder if that's the ingredients or the combination, as you point out. Mm-hmm. Yours yours was a little more even on the lime versus the Cointreau. Yep. yep. Mine up to the orange and down the lime. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I need to experiment more. And I think the lime cordial obviously is adding a adding more sweetness than it probably deserves. For sure. You probably want a really beefy gin to try to fight that a little bit. Yeah, and I do have a I have a beefy one, so I'll I will go there next, and then I'll also bring the bottle of the beautiful Sonoma gin because <laughs> that's basically why I bought it. The beautiful I, bottle. The beautiful. It is a gorgeous bottle. It's a green glass, uh, and the name is is embossed on the glass, and then the label is beautifully designed, and there's pieces of copper on it, and all kinds of shit going on. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's it is crazy. And it's still only $30 a bottle. Oh, that's lovely. As opposed to some gins that are more and aren't in such lovely bottles, in my opinion. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not naming names. So I uh, got the urge to order a bunch of interesting gins that I can't get locally. So Mm -hmm. I I went to our friend's K&L on the internet. And they no longer ship distilled spirits across state lines. So I did got, they have a, an I, answer? Did I got ask? very sad. Um, I have a friend who asked, and uh, basically the answer was like it was kind of a gray area all along, and FedEx has basically cracked down. Oh, so Ugh. well, that's dumb. I hate this country. <laughs> but I was still able to order a large box of several bottles of gin from uh, a lovely shop in South of San Francisco called Bitters and Bottles. Oh, I'm not familiar. Is it in South of San Francisco or South San Francisco? Their address is South San Francisco. Okay. That is a completely different city. So as you come in from the airport, there's a big sign on the side of one of the hills about South San Francisco. And I think it's like the working city or something like that. <laughs> As, okay. opposed to, as opposed to us, we don't we don't really work here. No, obviously, no. All we do is make podcasts and and uh, I don't know. You ruin disrupt. That, that's what San Francisco does. It disrupts everything. We are very disruptive, disrupting. So, what do you know about this drink other than it's rather tasty? You know, I thought it was uh, invented at the Pegu Club in New York. I thought that I didn't know that the. The bar was named after the drink. I thought the drink was named yeah. after the bar. So, um, the New so York... they must love it. Well, the New York bar was opened by Audrey Saunders in 2005. And she loves gin and she loves, in particular, the 
Pegu Club, apparently. So she named her bar after her favorite drink. I want is that recipe online? Like the Pegu Club, Pegu Club? I couldn't find it. Um, <laughs> I, I, act, I actually have a little bit of a story about like where I could find recipes. Because as you know, I have a couple shelves filled with cocktail books. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, a lot of the people that wrote these cocktail books that I have that own all these bars that have name recognition, like uh, PDT and Death and & Company and all these people, actually were on staff at the Pegu Club in New York City at one time or another. Like, this whole family of people sort of funneled through. It started with, like, Sasha Petrosky and uh, Julie Reiner at the Flat, mm-hmm. Flatiron Lounge. Um, went from those people to Pegu Club and then filtered out and all these bars happens. So I have all their cocktail books and none of them have a Pegu Club recipe. <laughs> well, if they like it so much, shouldn't they share with us? And, wow, that that sounded way more whiny than it, it was, needed to. It was pretty pitiful. Uh, um, <laughs> like, uh, Jim Meehan of PDT fame just yep. re- just released his bar manual, which is a f- brick. It's a cinder block of a book. It's at least 500 pages, and they're the thin pages that weigh a ton once they're all added up together. Um, that book has 10 entries in the index for Pegu Club. Yeah. With, with quotes. Um, not one drink recipe. It's all just talking about his time working at the bar called Pegu Club. Well... Well, then, is that why there's so many different uh, recipes that no one can agree on what a Pegu Club should or was? I I, I think it's kind of like a daiquiri, you know? Like uh, okay. Everybody has their own sort of levels that they like. I, uh, I'm enjoying it more as it goes down. I think I will definitely not use a lime cordial. <laughs> I think that's. I think it's just too sweet for me. Okay, so what are you going to try to do? You still I, don't have limes. I I have lemons. That's not the same thing at all, though. No, that's going to be a, a white lady with or something like that. Like, it, what's what's gin? Well, and... I I mean I can cut back on the cordial down from a half ounce to like not much. Although that cuts down. The problem is that cuts down on the sweetness and the lime. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'll we'll we will maybe another like I said maybe another gin will will help cut it a bit. Yeah, I mean I can see using maybe half lemon, half cordial, or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I also thought it was interesting that there's no garnish. Mm-hmm. I I was thinking like this seems like a drink that needs a, something. A, yeah, a, you would expect like a wheel of a lime or something. Something. But... I think no that, garnish. I think that probably goes to, you know, the British colonial. Because the Pegu Club was one of those private, like, British clubs in a foreign land where old British men would go to be British and harumph and smoke cigars and drink gin. Mm-hmm. So maybe a garnish was frowned upon in that atmosphere, you know? Is... is... It's, I'm looking for a, um, a listing for Peg, oh, for Burma's. Oh, look, here it is at Wikipedia. Look at just that. Victoria Style Gentlemen's Club. Oh, is this what you were reading? I mean, I was reading my own notes, but I've, done, I've probably read that page. They have a postcard of, the, of it here. It's oh, beautiful. I didn't see that. I didn't oh, see it's that. gorgeous. I would go there if I were a gentleman. Well, I mean, you can pass as a gentleman. You've got the beard. It's opposite the Russian embassy. Huh. <laughs> so they could harumph across the street at They They Russia. can. You can see Russia from here. Um, and you suggested this cocktail for, was there a, was there a reason? Or just like next on the list? No, I just sort of went looking for something that we should talk about. Because we are kind of getting to the point where we have to stretch a little bit. Like, we're outside of my usual set of drinks. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Yeah, I think I can't even tell you why I wouldn't necessarily add the Pegu Club to my list of 
memorized drinks. Um, it's a pretty easy recipe, depending on which res- ratios you pick. Yeah, and I guess it's even easier because you can just change the ratios at will and make it your own drink, <laughs> since they're all different anyway. No, I, I seriously saw like one and a half gin and three quarter, three quarter, one and a half gin, three quarter orange, half lime, and then flip the three quarter orange and so three quarter lime and half curacao. Right. And then also do any of those combinations with two ounces of gin. I saw all those combinations. <laughs> well, I uh, I like the two ounces of gin. It is a big drink, though. When I poured it into the glass, it nearly filled filled my... my oh, see, what is it? see my, my coops are probably like four ounces. So a three and a half ounce drink is just perfect. Oh, and I'm using Nick and Nora's. And I think it's... Yeah, what is it? Like three ounces? It's usually, not very much. Yeah, usually three. Oh, my God, I finished. Ha-ha. That's like the fastest drink. We're not even like 15 minutes into this goddamn thing, and I've already finished my first drink, Jake. They, they go down really easy. I I, uh, I have one sip that I'm just saving. I did bring some uh, Topo Chico with a touch of lime. Ooh. <clears throat> I just have tap water. I even mm-hmm. used a clear ice cube in it because I have clear ice. It's gorgeous. If you, for those at home who can't see, <laughs> but it is, it is nice. And you have a, a metal straw? I do. It's actually an extra long, like julep style straw with the little spoon. Mm. Yep. Which is nice. You yeah. have all the things. Well, you know, I got into this hobby of cocktailing. Um, so this is why. And we... you have a, you have a house. I have a, like a yeah. tiny apartment. And I'm, like I said, my bottled collection is spilling over onto my kitchen counter. It's very bad. No, my kitchen counter that is where I keep my bottles is almost full and it's a bad scene. Um... Oh, I, so I, the entire top shelf of the fridge is Amaro's and vermouths and assorted other things. Yeah. That... I don't get to do that. I, I only get to keep my vermouths in there. And it's, it's bad, Jake. It's very bad. I mean, it's, I'm putting every, the vegetable bin is filled with the things that shouldn't, that are not vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> there should be elsewhere, but there's nowhere to put them in. So I'm just kind of stacking things. Mm. It's very, mm-hmm. very bad. It's, it's a nice hobby and I enjoy it, but I need to be wealthier. I need to have more room for, for this stuff. Um, well, <laughs> that was a good sigh. I've, I've already got a house full of people. If you want to come move in, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, what? what? I, mm, no, no, yeah, you'll pass. I figured. Didn't something happen in Denver the other day? I might. I don't know. In, I might be confused. In, in what category? Might be a dream world that I live in as well. I don't know. It's, it's like something in Denver. Like there, I don't know. There was no natural disaster. No, it was. It wasn't that. It was. It was. Uh, I don't think nope. we had a mass shooting or anything like that. I can't. I, it'll. It'll come to me later, or it won't. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Not that important. Um, why do you, why do you have many people in your house? Oh, I just have my wife's entire family. Like the, the mother-in-law lives in the basement and the brother-in-law lives upstairs with us. I did not know that. Yep. Is that new? Uh, the brother-in-law is maybe over a year now. So we're, mm. pre- we're pretty settled into it. Yeah, I've just got the cat, and she already makes my life a living hell. So yeah. I, I don't want to bring—I don't want to bring that on you either, because no. I can't can't go without the cat. That's true. And we have two cats, and they're—well, one of them's an asshole. Well, mine's I think is a bitch, and she will cut somebody. So yeah. we'll we'll leave him alone. I don't, I don't think my guy would cut anybody, but he likes to wrestle. And uh, thank God, our—it's a—it's a lovely foggy day here in San Francisco. Oh, you—you you were warm for a while, weren't you? Oh my God! This summer, I has been nonstop hell as far as the weather is concerned. I mean, we had the terrible fires, and then this. And I'm going to complain because the way it affected me was it was smoky here, mm-hmm. and that was very inconvenient. And mm-hmm. it lasted for days and days. And we had to close all of our windows and not breathe, basically. And then yes, and then it got hot, so we couldn't open our windows to let the wind in. Oh yes. Because yeah. it was just smoky, ter- yeah. terrible, poison, air. poison air, hot poison air. 
Yeah, so we've been having t- tons of fun, uh, but now we're we're fingers crossed we're back to normal. Foggy all day today. Mm-hmm. Probably won't even get past seventy. Um, it's it's the reason why most of us live here is it's it's just dismal and perfect. Right. Yeah. We we had not a bad summer in Denver. Had a couple really really hot days, and by really really hot, I mean in the hundred range. Um, but you've got AC, right? Yeah, you can, you can you can go inside and yeah. We we can hide from it in our houses, especially in suburbia. Like we all have giant AC units that just. And didn't you have a terrible storm come through? Some kind of wind or tornado? Am I messing Denver up completely? I'm just attributing everything to Denver that ever happened. I mean, we 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 get some thunderstorms and stuff like that, but like there was nothing super significant. Oh, all right. It um, seems like every city in the nation is suffering some horrible malady, so maybe I'm just sure. hoping for Denver as well. Well, well, we we get like smoke blowing from the entire west coast that's on fire. That's been killing my sinuses for the past like 3 months. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like it's it's fall now, so we've had a couple of snowfalls. Already. Oh, pretty. Um, we had excellent foliage this year, so that that's hit or miss around here. Like with the dry climate, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, but this year was really good, so I have no complaints weather-wise. And uh, the uh, the. People misconstrue how winter works in Denver, especially because we're actually not in the mountains where you get feet and feet of snow. We're in the high plains where the when it snows, it usually evaporates within a day or two. And then you get to drive around normally and be civilized people, even in the dead of winter. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've had a little bit of experience with the sudden terrible squall come through, and then 20 minutes later, blue skies and gorgeous. Yep. I got stuck in the Denver airport once, and and we were the last plane out. I think I've told this story before. Hmm. We were on a 747, so they let us go, thinking, you know, big plane could manage through the whatever was coming. And then I nearly shit my pants. <laughs> That that was the scariest fucking thing. We were dip, like dipping, oh and it was terrible. And this was this was pretty far back, as I recall. This was when you could still smoke on a plane. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and everybody immediately lit up. Like, oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! I think we really should allow smoking on planes again. But the other the other smoking. Uh huh. Yeah. Just put everybody at ease. Everybody will have a good time. Be, you don't need be... to smoke though. You can just have edibles. You just need it's, to time well, that right. You need well, the to time smoking, that. Well, the smoking though, the smoking though is good because it hits immediately and it's a short kind of a buzz. Sure. The edible timing, yeah, you could you, you could you screw could that up, yeah. Pretty pretty drastically. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, shall we go to number 2? I think we're good for number 2 now. All right. And then uh, I so remind me, I have to tell you what the gin was. Your Sonoma Gin with the fancy bottle. Bring the bottle with you. I will bring the bottle so you can see. And, uh, okay, we'll be right back. Okay. All right. Oh, so first off, here's the bottle. Benham's. That is pretty. It's like, I'm, showing you the, I'm showing you the back there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the uh, Coke bottle green, blue color. It's nice. Mm-hmm. And a Sonoma Gratin distilling is here in the... Oh, okay. Uh, no. yeah. Yeah, so. And then there's like copper thing. And the gin's good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this one, which I haven't tasted yet, but so... A little pinker. Yeah, yeah. More Angostura color on that one. Oh, this is better. Okay. So this is a bottle of 2015 Fault Line Gin. <laughs> so K&L, as we mentioned earlier, has their own line of liquor that they call Fault Line. And, and they, they have, have a Four Pillars this year. They have a Four Pillars this year. This is from St. George. Okay. Um, 
and uh, we love St. George. They make very fine gins. Yes, and I think they did a series of fault line gins for them. <clears throat> I want to say four of them, and I bought every bottle. And this is the only bottle I have left, and it's working. And um, you mentioned the burnt orange, mm-hmm. and this also has burnt orange peel as one of its uh, ingredients, and it works really well. Interesting. And which uh, were you? You have the Pierre Ferrand Curacao. Is that what? You're yes. Doing? Otherwise, I left the recipe the same, so it's still two to three quarter to half. And then I used some Miracle Mile uh, Forbidden Bitters, mm. which are Tonka bean, I think. Sure. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like I know. So I, di- I didn't make any changes except you. I used two squirts from the uh, Burnt Orange Bitters dropper, and I changed my gin. And this is an interesting gin. It's from Iceland. It's called Vor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Icelandic barley, wild juniper berries, and crystal clear water. Um, Sounds good. It's really funky. Like, it's almost got a touch of that white whiskey funk to it that I don't like. So, But not like, not like Geneva. It's pretty close, actually. Yeah, it's kind of, oh. it's kind of close to that geneva funky barley because i think geneva is mostly barley so they uh yeah i i haven't been iceland in a number of years but they do like weird flavor you know they like black licorice in nearly everything right and really really dank funky black licorice yes. yeah yeah <laughs> Every, and yeah like was, salty tar <laughs> after about the fourth or fifth day there we were we were searching our little hearts out to find a breakfast place that just did like you know bacon and eggs and uh nothing that was smoked or farted upon or i I don't know that's that's rude but you know our palate's different i guess yeah um so yeah uh, well i mean they're a small island in the middle of the ocean you you have to learn preservation (laughs) techniques and some of those however i mean on their this isn't in their defense they don't need one uh, I was out Thursday night and I wanted to get a dark beer with some chicken wings, okay. as you do. Mm-hmm. And they recommended a a dark Icelandic beer, which I would tell you what it was, but it was delicious. It was great. Mm. I will I'll look it up and pretend that I remembered it. Sure, uh, but with this gin, so I've struggled because it's it's not as easily deployable. Sweat sock. <laughs> So it doesn't really work in a Negroni, and mm. it, it's kind of interesting what, in a what martini. What does it do to a Negroni? Because I was wondering about, there was, an, like, I, I think I mentioned to you, I saw an ad for bowls, and they mentioned making a Negroni with Geneva, and I thought... Which I've had. Uh, they actually have been doing a promotion thing where they do these Negronis and light bulbs. They have these glass light bulbs that they serve them in. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, be- I, yeah. Because it's a good idea. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I'm in marketing and I don't know. But that's what they've been doing. And those Negronis actually work fine for me. It really depends which vermouth mm. you use. Yeah. Something that's gonna something that's gonna stand up to it. Yeah, you you need something think. you need something with some backbone. Speaking of which, I wish I could remember the name, but there's a new Spanish vermouth on our market here in Colorado that comes in these little liter bottles, these stout little liter bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. Well, I, I, I won't. I, while you think, I'll. I found my beer. It's mm-hmm. called Einstock. 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 And it was the toasted porter. It was super delicious, and I I recommend it to all every all of everybody who likes a dark beer. Excellent. So Casa Mariol Vermouth um, is awesome, and it's Vermouth Negre, so it's very dark. <laughs> is this Spanish? Yes. Okay, I took a took a stab. And uh, it, it, it's it's dark and it's not as like crazy floral and vanilla like um, 
you know, the one. Antica? Yeah, Carpano Antica. Yes, uh, I've, I've also had, I bought a, there was, there have just been rants in articles about Spanish vermouth. So I hunted them down and they are not, if you, if you're thinking it's going to be like a vermouth from say France or Italy, mm. it is not. No. They are, they are, that is not, no, it is not the same. Yeah. But it makes a hell of a good martini. Oh, it, it, so I got the one you talked about either last show or the show before the years gets of it. Yeah. <laughs> I got that one, but I haven't, uh, gotten to it in my rotation. Uh, huh. I'm, I'm, fi- <laughs> I'm finishing a bottle of Carpano dry, which is okay. not that dry as we've done. No, about. it is not. Um, and it tastes like Carpano. Everything tastes like Carpano. Carpano Bianco is a thing of magic because it tastes like Carpano. Yeah. It tastes exactly like Carpano, but it's, it's light. It's, but it's it's yeah, like so yeah. If you if you like if for whatever reason you had Carpano Antica and you're drinking it like I wish this was, I like the taste of this, but I want to see through it. Right. They've answered your 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 mm-hmm. your, your prayers. Yeah. Uh, slight digression. Along with my giant order of gin, I also got some of the Luxardo Bitter Bianco. Which is mm-hmm. which is their white bitter liqueur, so I made I made a none more white Negroni and it was so good, so good. Oh, I'm a bit jealous because every time I've tried or even had one, they they're not they don't they don't work for me so mm-hmm. far. <clears throat> so I think they soothe. And... Yeah, which is which is bright piss yellow like it's yeah it's not a pretty thing it's not and white. i have a again i have a bottle of it now and i don't know what i'm doing oh, I, I love Sue's. i do all kinds of things with Sue's, but well you send me some recipes because i don't uh, i don't know i bought it specifically to make white negronis and i don't like it in a white negroni yeah well yeah okay all right <laughs> that's our our next episode what you, to do with Sue's? use sweet vermouth like do a normal negroni except use Sue's instead of uh campari Oh yeah, well I think that's what I did. I don't remember, but I didn't. I didn't anyway. enjoy it. Well, okay, we'll we'll get you there. All right, but Luxardo Bitter Bianco Carpano Bianco because also Italian, and your favorite gin makes a great white Negroni. That should be the only way white Negronis are made. Nice. That's that's. Words to the wise there, friends at home. Um, and again, if you don't like Negronis, why are you listening to us talking yeah, about seriously. this? I don't know. Negronis are amazing. They're they're one of the best things. Although, mm-hmm. I have to say for me, going up the list a little bit is uh, the Blood and Sand. That's really interesting. I, I understand that. And I know that sort of started with our uh, Scotch Cocktail episode. Uh-huh. And but it it didn't latch into me like it has for you. I think just because, like, having the orange juice in it is not weird. A, yeah, it's not a thing I'm into. <laughs> okay, I I don't know why the balance just works so nicely. And again, it's one of those. It's easy to remember because it's equal parts of things. Yeah. Uh, but and like, you're not tracking down blood orange juice still. No, 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 no. Okay. Um. Although I think we're coming into blood orange. Uh, season, so that'll be nice. Probably, no, just probably not till January, I think. It's, just regular oranges, Valencia oranges, yeah. and again the the peatiest motherfucking scotch you've got, like Ardbeg or Lafroy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like lay it on thick and and meaty, and that makes a good blood and sand in my book. Yeah, I'll probably cycle back into scotch now that the weather's getting cold. Mm-hmm. It's really funny because like. I drink a lot of mezcal when it's warm, and then I switch to scotch when it's cold. Like, what's the difference? Like, really? Why do I differentiate? Well, <laughs> I, I understand because there's a comfort that goes along with that as well. There's a sen- there's the, the, the I was going to say sensation, but it's not a sensation. It's almost like a, what's the thing some people have where they taste colors or Synesthesia. See synesthesia to me it's kind of like that when you think of scotch you think of you know 
coziness. I'm I'm in. You think I've of wool a, wool sweaters yes. and a I've fire. Got, I've got the fire going and a wool sweater. I've got my cozy feet things on. Probably wearing sweatpants, although I always wear sweatpants. And then uh, mezcal is. I'm at the beach. There's an umbrella over me. There's a warm breeze blowing through. The sound of the waves. It just it, to me those. It's hard. I would have. It would. It would be hard for me as well. Like sit on the beach, and say, "Bring me a scotch." Yeah, right. that would never happen, would it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It wouldn't. It wouldn't even. I mean, I love scotch, but it wouldn't occur to me. No. And I think you're absolutely right about like in the winter. Like the even more than winter, I think of the fall goes with scotch so well. Mm. Like it's kind of damp and yep and that thick fog is outside and and the leaves are dripping on your head and you're like, I need scotch. Yeah. But it hasn't been that kind of fall yet. No, like I said, today was basically the first day that we've returned to normal here and I am loving it. Uh, but we're doing Pegu clubs, not scotch. Not that I'm disappointed. Again, well, I, the change of the gin here helped this a lot. Yeah. I, um, this gin works really well in this cocktail. So I'm pleased because I'm, like I said, struggling with this gin a little bit. Um, gin. So, sorry, it, people at home, that you cannot get this gin, but uh, enjoy it with me, won't you? Gin, gin seems, at least for gin people, that's like year round. Like there's no season for gin. Maybe, maybe like particular gin cocktails, like a gin tonic is a summer drink. For sure. For sure. No, I think no. I drink gin cocktails all. A martini is the anytime drink. Oh yeah, martini it's, works perfectly in the dead of summer or the dead of winter. Every occasion. I'm watching the kids. I need a martini. <laughs> huh. The dogs got worms. I need a martini. I'm I'm sure if you go deep enough into rum and become a rum person, a rum is like year round. There are so many varieties of rum that seems like you could find something to fit every season. I guess. But again, I think when I think rum, uh, I know I should think warm, but I also think cold. Maybe because of uh, uh, hot buttered rum and and like the warm rum drinks. Isn't there, there's mm. another one? That's, isn't there another? Well, there's a lot of punches. Sure. And yeah, all, all the old like, you know, all the, all the punches in Dave Wondrich's punch book. Uh, <laughs> most of them have rum. Yes. And... Yes. And, and for some reason I think some of them are hot, mm. hot punch, hot punch. Sounds like a hate crime. I um, always think it sounds like a sex act. Well, different strokes, fine line, literally fine line. Um, <laughs> the other thing about the Pegu, I think is that there are a lot of drinks that taste sort of like it. I mean, it's it's got the so it's got the bitters, it's got the sour, it's got the sweet, right? And the you know all of that layered on top of gin. But I feel like, well, if you'll remember when we did the uh, margarita episode, I used that agave gin for my last drink. That mm -hmm. was basically this, but minus the bitters. Mm. Like it had triple sec, it had gin, the agave gin and um, lime. So it was most of the way there. I can't even explain. I like it. I don't love it. I, again, if I went to a bar and it was on the menu, I, I, I wouldn't zero in on it and say, this is, this is, this is for me. No, I don't think I would use this as like how I judge a bar cocktail. No, 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 no. And also I get it confused with the Clover Club. Oh, right. Which is a Completely different drink has nothing at all to do with Pegu Club. Yeah, isn't that like whiskey or brandy or something? It's like raspberry syrup and an egg white, and it's it's sort of pink when it comes to you. It's very pretty. Uh, I love a Clover Club, um, but it's a lot of trouble at home. <laughs> Although we're we're in berry season, I guess we could get some. Oh yeah, some... It does it does have raspberry syrup or grenadine? You can sub in. Um, no, you can't. You can't, people at home. You can't do it. If it's a Clover Club, it's it's raspberry syrup. This I know. Gin, lemon juice, raspberry syrup, and an egg white. Yeah, it's not too complicated other than the raspberry syrup, which, of course, not everybody's going to have available. Right. Uh, but if I see that on the menu, I will order it immediately. Really? 
Yeah, I, I got one at Slanted Door uh, a couple weeks back, and it was it just hit the spot so nicely. And everyone was jealous, which is the other thing, because it's, you know, the egg white. So it's like foamy and pink, and it's a really pretty drink. And everybody wonders, what is that? And then you get to tell them and enjoy it without sharing. Yep. It, it's... Because they can get their own fucking drink. Ah. I make that noise at the end. Too. Yeah. yeah. One of these days we're going to make ourselves do Ramos. And oh my God. There will be a half hour break in the middle when we make our second round. But I love Ramos. I went through a, I did one summer, this was probably five or six years back, and I was doing them like every weekend. Really? It's, it's like I felt like I discovered them or something, mm. right? And, and, because they're really good, and they're the are they the ones with the orange flower blossom? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, orange water. And so I, yeah, I got orange I got flower that. Water. Yeah, I got all the little things, and I got oh. When you do them upright, there's they are really good. Well, I still have my bottle of the Fee Brothers orange flower water because of that one summer that I made a bunch of Ramos <laughs> Gin Fizz. I guess we've all been through it. <laughs> I think you have to be like us. To have been through yeah yeah i think and also people are scared of egg drinks in general i find yeah which is silly they think it's going to taste i guess like egg and mm. it really i don't know if it does or not but it doesn't to mm. me it you know that like i do the whiskey sours now with the egg white yeah oh yeah especially yeah, especially the uh if you're doing a new york sour which has the red wine red wine floated yeah. on top uh, you have to do the egg white. Like you just, cause it makes a little strata. Like you get the egg white on top, the wine below, and then the sour below. It's good. I need to find a way to keep, keep wine, but I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. Cause I, I live alone. So if mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm opening a big bottle of wine, I can maybe do two glasses, which is basically half a bottle. Right. And then what I do, I have one of those vacuum things, vacuum yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And that saves it somewhat, but I, I'm also not in the mood for wine as often as I'm in the mood for cocktails. So then I've got this half a bottle of wine, and I'm like, I don't really want to go back there. That's been a bit... And I also, I buy the little ones, the little half bottles. Right, yeah. But you can't get everything that you want in a half bottle, obviously. No. I think the market's missing out on that because they can charge a premium for us lonely people who just want that yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be half price. It can be, and it doesn't have to come in a can. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Again, I think this is people like us problems, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's probably more people like we can make more people like us. Sure, but we don't drink wine hardly at all. No, we don't. I. I used to, and before I was a cocktail person. I I don't drink beer hardly at all. Like I I don't buy beer anymore. I would I, agree. Uh, if I'm out, I might get a beer. If yeah. I'm a little bit like hesitant to go full board, you know, yeah. on a cocktail, um, or it's with uh, hot wings, either a beer or cider is perfect because it just mm -hmm. cuts through all that. The, the fattiness and the same, deliciousness same for pizza like I, I i like a good beer with the pizza but mm -hmm. but you know we are not the beer people or the wine people but i used to be i Just, think for me the change was that i can it, it is this kind of the storage factor right i can buy a lot of bottles of wine yeah and have them available also now that our temperature is unpredictable i might end up with vinegar when it's 100 degrees in my apartment but yeah. That aside, I always think about if I open this bottle, how much am I going to drink and will half of it go to waste? Should I wait until somebody else is here who I can drink it with? Mm. As opposed to having the cocktail culture where you've got all of these ingredients and they keep forever. Yep. So that makes me think twice about buying wine. And beer, kind of the same thing. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of liquid in a bottle of beer, mm -hmm. um, and I don't like beer that much. Like I'm not drinking it, going. Mm -hmm. I like beer. Like I, I like beer a lot, but these days I only get it when I'm out, and usually even when I'm out for lunch. Like I'll have beer at lunch. Okay, 
But if I'm out for dinner, I'll probably have cocktails. The other problem for me with beer is that I don't really like IPAs, and it seems like everything is an IPA now. Yeah. IPAs, I, IPAs have taken over. It's kind of gross. That hoppy, is it hoppy? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, hoppy it, taste? it's hops, and I, a, a, lot of, a lot of them taste like weed. Yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy that. That's why I like the porters and the dark beers, mm. and I like Corona. Oh, yeah. It's really good with that little slice of lime in there, and okay. yeah. Uh, I've noticed this is also a thing with bartenders, at least in Denver. Um, but dad beers are... <laughs> like Miller and Schlitz and... Well, and, and you know, even if you want to be fancy, you'll get like something like Utica Club or Hams or something a little Hams. bit... Hams! Oh my God, I haven't heard that in forever. <laughs> They're still. Do they still make hams? Oh yeah, I did not know that. They were on sale today at my local liquor store. A twenty-four pack was eleven dollars. <laughs> I bet it's awesome. You know, it's light and crisp. They're a little bit sweet. All of these beers, like Rainier, is another one from Washington. Um, mm. There's also well, Mon- Montucky Cold Snacks from Montana. Has the best <laughs> branding in the world. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. It's it's all rainbows and pegasuses, pegasi. Um, is it's, it gay? Is it gay beer? They are very gay friendly. Okay. They'd have to be with rainbows and unicorns. Uh which which is, you know, good for them coming out of Montana. I mean Yeah, I was I was thinking that's kind of a challenge, but I I applaud them. Uh vicariously. Yeah, I so the the house I grew up in had lots of Coors uh-huh. and Coors Light yeah. and Bud and Bud Light. Mm-hmm. Consequently, I don't like any of those. Sure. Um, Southern no, t- so no harm, no foul on, I, on Coors. I know it's from your neck of the woods. but Yeah, well, it is. It, it's local these days, even though it's a multinational conglomerate uh, mm-hmm. with, with Molson, I believe. Um and but the it's Belgians, the water, like it's the water. No, the, the Stella Artois and, uh, took them all uh, over. Um, but anyway, I, I just I just love that uh, Southern Teague, our friend in New York City at Amari Margo. Um, I listened to his podcast along with Damon Bolte, the Speakeasy. Uh, he is always drinking a Budweiser, and I forget what he calls it, but it, oh, he calls it Red and White Dynamite. Like, <laughs> oh and uh, see but what i learned about bud was and this could be uh hearsay or a lie is that they uh one of the ingredients um gives me headaches and i can't remember what it is now like, oh yeah no i ars- believe that arsenic. i think it's arsenic no, Ars- it's, not arsenic. No. it's not arsenic it's probably no we're gonna get sued if i say that it's not arsenic Right, but but, some, there's something in it that gives me a headache. So well, it's a actually... it's a rice beer, which I mean, it's it's basically like a Japanese lager, instead of oh, instead they of they should the, market it that way. No, ins- they should instead of the original like Czech Budvar style lager, Viser, mm. which is Budweiser. which is actually good, um, has a nice bitter bite to it. But yeah, the right. I do like the Japanese again. Beer with sushi is another good thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Ice yeah. cold beer, like an ice cold Sapporo or Kirin. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, mostly because I I don't tend to like uh, sake. Mm. But I'm I'm growing to understand that I, the sakes that I don't like are not the only sakes. I mean, there's there's a there, multitude. There, there, there's a rainbow of sakes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And what, so now when I go, so about every three months or so, I go with my friend James and we go to Omakase and they, and we usually do the sake accompaniment. And so I'm learning more, but I never remember them because there's too That's many. That's the problem. And, you know, the labels are in Japanese and I can't read that. Right. And I take, I've even taken pictures because there's literally a sake store a block from me mm. that I could probably go in and go, I like this. What's more like this? And then I forget. And again, I don't have any room in my fridge anyway. Well, and you could just make yourself a cocktail without leaving your house. I could. (laughs) Two even. I could do two cocktails. (laughs) 
in the space of time it takes me to go to the sake store. Um, so my drink's gone, so we're probably done anyway. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I have man. a little all right. Um so I I'll, I I want to propose something that we sort of talked about before. Uh-huh. Do we want do we want to segue to a movie and a drink or I and, I and think then... that would be a lot of fun. Like I I I meant to like try to mix that into this one, but we kind of had plenty to talk about this time. So All right, I think this this calls for some planning though. We don't want to okay. do it and bore mm-hmm. our audience to tears. Right. So um, should we pick but... like two movies and make up two drinks? That is, that that's what I was thinking. So that we we don't share a movie. We have something to talk about between those movies. And, oh, we and... each pick a movie. Okay. Yes, we each pick a movie. I mean, we can like we can pick the same genre, or we can pick the same director, or something like that. So there's a relationship. Yeah. But rather than us both doing the same movie and talking about it, I think it, it would be more. It would but, inspire a better conversation. But we do both propose a drink for each movie. Like we discuss the movie ahead of time. The movies. Oh, ahead of time. and then. So you pick one and I pick one for you, and I pick one and you pick one for me. No. You pick oh. a movie. I pick a movie. We both make cocktails for the movies. For, for both? Okay. So one is for my movie and one is for your movie. Yeah. Cocktail-wise. Yes. Yeah. But we each, okay. we both we both propose cocktails for both movies. I am following. That is I have four you. total cocktails. It. Potentially. Correct. Yes. Potentially. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we don't tell each other, right? The cocktails? No. We only talk about the movie. So this is just so this is a warning for our vast and unwieldy audience. Uh huh. Uh huh. We're we're doing a we're doing a little bit of, of a toss up and, and maybe it's a test or maybe it's a permanent thing. Yeah. We don't know. It, it could be a pivot in Internet speak. Yes. And we may even invent new drinks entirely that will. Oh, that's all. Your that's all I'm ever going to do is, is wing it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm oh, not, nice. I'm, I'm not going to make a real cocktail. Well, I might accidentally make a real cocktail, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to dig for recipes. I'm just going to mix some shit. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. I might do one in one of each. I might do a classic. This is inspired by, and and the other one is like, no, you know, Kubrick was very slow, so I used a slow gin. Ah. Oh, that's- <laughs> Terrible. Pun recipes. I love it. I think we'll end on that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) On a high note. (laughs) Bye, Lance. Good talking with you. Bye, Jake. Cheers. Cheers. It's empty.